You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in. This is your NC State preview here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Tyler Aki and Tim Leonard. We were off yesterday. We're back today. Be sure to check us out on social media at LO underscore Syracuse. And if this is your first time checking out the show or you haven't subscribed quite yet, be sure to hit that button right now. Uh, Tim, before we even get into this, I mean, uh, just huge news in terms of this game and really for the NC State team in general before this one even begins. And it's that Devin Daniels torn ACL out for the year. That is huge news for the Wolfpack. Uh, a bummer for them for for the remainder of the season, but Syracuse. I mean, before the ball's even tipped, they're gonna catch a giant, giant break. The best player for the Wolfpack out for the year, and this is something that I mean, we've seen Daniels in the past. He's a, a veteran guy on this team. I mean, in all likelihood, he's probably gonna come back given the the free year that he's getting. But th- this is huge heading into a game like this. Yeah, shout out to our guy Josh Maxson because he tweeted at us yesterday something that I totally agree with, which is basically he said in some variation he kind of won the game for NC State last year, and this is why Syracuse lost the game. And it's because he's such a good perimeter defender as well, and he's a guy you could throw on Buddy, you could throw on Alan Griffin. He's given time. Well, remember, battles. yeah, last year. Yeah. I, I, I remember because we kind of talked about it last year how that was the game that essentially, at least for us, it felt like it knocked the orange out of the tournament field. And it was yeah, because of probably seven of those it, every year. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. But but that was like the nail in the coffin game. No, like I had to have it. And, and Elijah gets hurt in that game a year ago too. But that is the one where, I mean, you saw Daniels just absolutely lock up Buddy Beheim and it was ball game over. Yeah, I think there was a banked three that Daniels hit in that game, too, in the later stages that was yep. mm-hmm. that felt like truly the nail in the coffin. That was a game inside the Dome. These games have usually been close when Syracuse and NC State play, and I guess it's because they're usually both bubble teams, honestly, in the past five, six years. And since Kevin Keats has gotten there, they've been right around 500 in ACC play, and this team's probably outside the bubble right now. They're 7-5 and five overall, 3-4 and four in ACC competition, and as of us recording this on Ken Palm, they're ranked 70th after beating Wake Forest on Wednesday. But that Wake Forest game snapped a four-game losing streak for them. And they've dealt with the COVID pause or two in there. I think I think just one so far. But now you don't have Daniels, and you're already projected to lose to Syracuse on most of these sites, Ken Palm and Bert Torvik and places like that. But yeah, this is a game Syracuse should really win now that Daniels is out of the mix. I look at this game, and it's interesting how both of these teams match up because they kind of are are very, very different teams, but there are some certain similarities and at least some points that each team can exploit the other's weaknesses. And I guess it starts and ends like it always does for Syracuse with the three-point shooting. NC State knocks it down at a pretty efficient rate, 37%, it's top 50 in the country. But meanwhile, defensively, they also let let it fly at 35%. So Syracuse should be able to get its looks from three. Now they have to make the most of them because NC State doesn't give up a lot of looks from three, and that's kind of a testament to their perimeter defense. But you got to imagine that Daniels is a big reason why that 
teams are shooting less than 30% of their field goals from distance, which is top 15 in the country. And, and on the other side of things, I mean, this is a team that doesn't shoot a ton of threes. Only a third of their shots come from distance. So that that whole contrast right there is going to be something that I'm looking forward to watching because, listen, NC State's going to get their chances to knock down from three. It's going to come down to whether or not Syracuse is going to be up for the challenge because even though we have seen teams struggle for the most part shooting the three, I mean, we but we saw it in this past game where a team like Virginia, you can get your looks against this 2-3 zone, and a team like Virginia certainly exploited that. It's interesting. I think both of these defenses match up very well against the other team's offenses. So it might just be a lower scoring game than many are anticipating. Maybe I'll take the under if we get to that in the prop shop. And I just think that when you look at NC State, we can start with them first. They run what is basically a ball screen spread type of offensive system. And they're constantly moving guys around, trying to get mid-range looks, trying to get elbow jumpers off ball screens, trying to work their guards in the pick and roll a lot. So what teams did a lot to them last year just by design as a strategy play was go zone against them. And they struggled against zone a lot last year, including for the most part when they played Syracuse. It wasn't like they, you know, went off as as they did in that John Gillen game a while back. So it's interesting because NC State's offense really does not match up well against the zone. But Syracuse, I think, doesn't match up great against NC State's defense because I know the three-point numbers is down this year in terms of their three-point defense. You laid it out. I think I'm looking at it now on Kempom. 239 in the country in terms of what they're allowing opponents to shoot from three-point range. That's not great, but the last three years, Kevin Keats' teams have been inside the top 50 in the country in three-point defense because their defensive style is pressure, 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 and get yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing face. is when you look at this Syracuse team, and this is why it can be a weird and almost a bad matchup, it's those physical defenses that we've seen Syracuse struggle with in the past. And now the subtraction of Daniels is a huge part of that equation. And again, we, we can't sell that enough. Like that is a huge, huge loss. And to be honest, like with the Syracuse team all jumbled up how it is, I don't even know how to equate it because in terms of the leadership and, and, and all like, imagine if Marek was just a lot better. That, that, to me, is kind of what I would be seeing. And I guess to, to compare it from a season ago, it's like when Elijah Hughes would go down in certain games. Like, that is the magnitude of what NC State is losing here. Best player on that on both ends of the ball. And it's going to be interesting to see how they, they try to supplement his, his production that, that's going to be lost because you really can't on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm going to be interested to see how Syracuse does off the dribble, because a guy like Alan Griffin, I mean, that's a guy who is really going to be benefiting from from not having a yeah. guy like Daniels out there because we've seen how many times he's gotten his pocket picked on just one, two dribbles, and then boom, the, the, the team picks it, and then it's going the other way. It's a huge loss for them. They definitely do have an advantage in terms of rim protection going against Syracuse. When you look at yep. just mm-hmm. Manny Bates has been there, it feels like a couple years now, and he has been a problem for Syracuse. Maybe not in the stat sheet, it doesn't show up necessarily, but he just alters so many shots. He's got one of the best block percentages in the country, fourth on Ken Palm right now at 14.1% of shots he's blocking. So we're talking about probably the best shot blocker in the ACC And it's kind of fascinating because Kevin Keats basically has the option to play him and sacrifice a lot of offense 
and just try and beat teams with a good defense? Because when they have Bates out there, they're a very solid defense, or at least they should be. And obviously, as we've said, without Daniels, that hurts It's going to be chances. a lot like Jay Huff around the rim. And we, yeah. we saw how certain guys would struggle. Like Quincy struggled last game. And it was right. because of the interior presence of Huff. And this is going to be a lot of the same in this game. Yeah, and then DJ Funderburk is their offensive option at center, who also is a decent defender, but definitely not the same type of rim protector as Manny Bates, but still has size, still has that physicality down low that has given Syracuse problems in the past. Hey, we're all set to close out the NFL season in just over a week. It's Chiefs, Bucks, Brady, Mahomes. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. This could be the final passing of the torch. Just think about that from one era to the next. And if you've got a lead in this game, there's only one place that has you covered and only one place that we trust to get in all of those wagers. It's betonline.ag. Be sure to sign up today for a free account and use our promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. They've got everything that you can imagine for this game, whether it's prop bets, totals, spreads, money lines, whatever you want, they've got it. Right now, they've got the Chiefs giving three points. The Chiefs at minus three, which is kind of where I lean in this one. You saw that game earlier in the year. It may have been close in score, but it was not close in nature. So give me the Chiefs. I like them in this one. And you too can get in on all the action as well. Don't sit on those sidelines anymore. Use our promo code Locked On, and you're going to get that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, you throw in $100 to your account, you're going to get an extra 50 to play with. So throw that on an extra prop. Maybe you like the, the national anthem total or the Gatorade color or something fun like that. So be sure to do that. Use that promo code Locked On, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The larger personnel stuff here with NC State. I mean, we've talked about Daniels all show long, but here's where it gets interesting. And I think it comes at the three-point line because... You have a lot of guys on this team that are hovering around 40% shooting the three. I mean, Cam Hayes, he's at 38.5. You got Jericho Helms, he's right around 40%. Thomas Allen's at 44%. Braxton Beverly is around 42%. There's a lot of guys. And Daniels, he wasn't a great three-point shooter. I mean, he's a solid, very good three-point shooter. But in terms of the standard that some of the other guys on the team have set, he's not a great three-point shooter. He's at about 35%. But he takes the most threes on the team. Right now, he's got 12 more threes than anyone else on his roster. That needs to be made up somewhere. And it's going to be made up by players who shoot the three ball better. And that's kind of where I'm worried for this Syracuse defense. Because if they start moving the ball a little bit on offense... and Listen, this is a an NC State team that can play with pace. They're top 100 in the country in pace. That is where I'm going to be interested to see 
what happens on the offensive side because they're going to be missing some production there. And if they can get the ball moving around the perimeter and get some of these open looks for three, they're going to knock them down. I mean, this is a good three-point shooting team. They just don't shoot a ton of them, but this zone is going to allow for a lot of three-point shots to be taken. Yeah, they're a good three-point shooting team. I don't think that they're going to be hot potatoing the ball like Virginia was, or even Pittsburgh. That's really what Pittsburgh did very effectively was ball movement, and that's where they really made the zone look like Swiss cheese was quick passing and efficient passing and sort of passing with the purpose constantly. I don't think NC State's that type of team. They've always kind of been more pick and roll, spread you out, kick out, drive and kick. And, you know, Markel Johnson's not there anymore, but he was the guy that sort of was the engine of the offense last year. Now they've got a lot of freshman ball handlers, especially when you lose Daniels, who is a guy that, despite his size, would almost sort of play a point forward type role for them. Now it's down to Cam Hayes, who's a very talented freshman, top 70 recruit. But outside of that, there's not a whole lot of guys that, have talent and veteran sort of moxie to go with it at the top of the zone that are going to be bringing the ball up. And I see this NC State team really struggling against the zone just because no Daniels. And as we've said a ton of times on this podcast, the three-point defense has been good for Syracuse this year. Go look at the numbers if you don't believe us because they've been good. They've been one of the best marks in the ACC. The concern is will they get crushed on the glass And NC State, for all the size they have, they're a thick team, a a tall team for sure. When you talk about Bates and Funderburk, and even Helms is a guy that is a physical presence, but he's not a good rebounder. They really don't rebound to their size, and they don't crash the offensive glass typically. So I think, well, the more I look at it, I feel like Syracuse should win this game. I, I was just about to bring up the rebounding, because that is certainly something that I mean, we've, we saw it last game. We, we've seen it in, in many a game this year. It's when Syracuse can't get those boards, especially on the offensive end. And that's kind of like Syracuse is going to have their chances to get their own offensive rebounds. And this is the thing that's very puzzling with this NC State team is that they have one of the worst offensive rebounding defenses in the entire country, outside the top 300. So they give up their fair share of second chances and Syracuse, I mean, you can say what you want about their size, but they've got some pretty good offensive rebounders on their team. When you look at a guy like Quincy Garrier, plays much bigger than his 6'7 size suggests. You've got Alan Griffin, plays a lot bigger than his 6'5 size suggests. And we can talk about Griffin in a second because he just got some pretty high praise from ESPN. But those are some guys that I think can have a good matchup here and that's the thing that's puzzling is like we can bring up oh well they they don't rebound the ball well well they've gone out and they have beaten UNC this year so that's a team that you know is going to bring a physical presence especially on the glass night in and night out and they've proven that they can beat them now they've also lost to them this year by double digits but I, I I'm looking at this again this you or this NC State team is a really puzzling one to figure out and the no Daniels certainly doesn't help that equation. So when you're losing all of that, I'm with you. I, I lean Syracuse to win this game. Kempom has it as a, a five-point projection. We can get into whether we think it'll land inside that number or not. But it, it's certainly a, a strange matchup. And the no Daniels thing even further throws a wrench in it. In terms of the matchups that you're looking at in this game, I've got one in particular that, that I'm really intrigued to watch. And it's going to be... I'm guessing we're going to see this, but it's Shaquille Moore 
against Joe Girard when he's out there because when Shaquille Moore is out there and he could slot his way into the starting lineup, I don't know exactly how Kevin Keats is going to play this thing out, but he has one of the best steal percentages in the country. Again, one of those physical freshmen who is going to want to try to show that he belongs out there. And if he can go at it with Joe Girard, make him uncomfortable, and if Joe Girard at any point is the primary ball handler in this game, which I imagine for a good portion of the game he will be, that could pose a lot of problems for Syracuse. I mean, we're talking about before he gets across the timeline and just kind of get in the head of Joe Girard from start to finish. Yeah, my matchup would be Marek versus just the centers for NC State, or the rim protectors for NC State, and honestly, just more of Marek versus himself and how aggressive can he be? Because this is another matchup that on paper, maybe Marek would shy away, maybe he wouldn't be the type of player that we know he can be in terms of how much he's calling for the ball, how much he's making a play and putting his head down and trying to use some of his post moves to get open, get free, and get some good looks down low. So that's the thing for me. I haven't really seen it against good competition yet this year, and the guy's a senior, and we know it's in there, and I just want Bayheim and everyone to stay on him, like keep shooting, keep shooting, because as we've said a lot, we're big fans of him and his facilitating, so I want to see him have an 18-20 point game against ACC competition, especially a team like this that has good rim protectors. And, and listen, I don't necessarily need to see the 18 to 20 points out of yeah, him. Yeah, but at some point, I, I nice. need to see him touch the ball. Yeah, yeah, at some point. I, I don't know if this is going to be the matchup that lends itself it's to that. It's probably not, no. I look at Marek and I think to myself, I just still, and I've said it all season long, I want to see him touch the ball on every offensive possession. He needs to. He needs to touch the ball on every single offensive possession because the offense flows a lot better, especially when Kadari Richmond isn't out there. The offense flows so much better when Marek Dolajai is touching the basketball. And that's something that I'm going to be watching for pretty closely in this game. Um, real quick, just on Alan Griffin. So ESPN Plus put out an article ranking the best transfers. It was called the, the Transfer Scorecard and where they all lined up. And in that top tier of guys, they had Alan Griffin. And I'm looking at Alan Griffin. I think this is a, a game where he can really go off. If he is engaged start to finish, I think this is a prime spot for a big 25-point Allen Griffin game. He can shoot the three, but on top of that, I'm looking at a guy who is going to see a lot of physical defense on the perimeter and can turn that into backdoor cuts, and not just that, with the offensive rebounding too, he can get a lot of second-chance looks, whether it's the put-back dunks that we've seen out of him, whether it's he goes up, gets it, pump fake once, then go back up with it strong. It's that sort of stuff that I think can make Alan Griffin an effective tool in this game. We've said for a while that he's been the X factor on this team this season. When he plays good, they're a different type of team. And that holds true again now, especially without Daniels. Like you said, I think he could be a factor in this game. The other thing on that article, Bryson Goodheim was on the grass is not as yep. green type of list. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Matthew Gutierrez laid out all the guys in a tweet recently on sort of the update on the transfers from Syracuse. And again, as much as people go at Jim Beheim for the rotation, Brent Axe, I think, and him were sort of going back and forth yesterday about this. And I don't think Brent Axe was necessarily going at him, but they had a kind of interesting conversation about it on his radio show. And Beheim's been pretty good in terms of his track record of, oh, like even Jalen Carey, he's not doing much at URI. And yes, you can say that, I think Goody even talked about this when you guys did the pod this week, you can say that, 
maybe Beheim stunted his growth and didn't help his development, sure. But at some point, you got to also be like, okay, B.J. Johnson did good, but he transferred down. There's really been no one that's burned Syracuse, and the guy's been there 45 years. So, I don't know. It's a pretty good track record. That's that's all I'll say about it. Quick break to tell you guys about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the marketplace. My personal favorite. I actually just got a brand-new loaded box of Built Bar in the mail yesterday. I'm so jacked up. That's literally, like, in this quarantine times, one of the things that makes me the happiest when that Built Bar box comes to my door. It's that good. They've got 18 amazing flavors. We've talked about a lot of the new ones, but... The six new ones are caramel, brownie, cookies, and cream, cherry, barcia, lemon, almond, cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple, almond, crisp. Man, the apple, almond, crisp I, I got in my new customizable box, which I'm very excited to try. I've not tried that one, but a lot of these sound really, really good, and they are really good. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew, and they're good for you. That's the best part. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, yet high-protein and high-fiber. Great for a keto diet as well. So you can go to BuiltBar.com. You can use our promo code. Locked on, that's all one word. It gets you 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Again, our promo code locked off for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, time for our favorite time of the week. It is the one, the only prop shop. And let's take a look at how everything shook out. Another winning week for Tim last week. You are cruising through these picks. You you took the you took a four and two week last week. You're up to over two thousand overall, plus two thousand. Again, that that is unprecedented stuff. We have never seen a run like this in the prop shop before. So shout out to you, Tim. In all two Taking prop a, shops we've done, we've never seen yes, a run exactly, like this. exactly. Well, we did a handful of basketball yeah, last year true. too. Um, and I last week I, I split once again. Another three and three week. I'm not gonna win by by getting these five hundred tallies, but. Here we go. Here it's time for another edition of the Prop Shop. Um, I look at this game and Buddy Beheim, a guy who we've seen struggle in the past against NC State and a guy who frankly has struggled a lot at times this year. We've talked about it a lot on this show, but Buddy Beheim, we're going to set the total here at 14 and a half points. Is the coach's son going over or under that mark in this game? Here's my proclamation for the game. This is the Buddy Beheim bounce back game. I'm so in on the the whole narrative this week has been everyone out on Buddy. Everyone's out on Buddy. And I tell you what, I like, I just know that he works super hard. So I know that we're getting, we're talking about a kid who probably has the best work ethic on the team. And he's proven it before at this level. This is just a shooting slump that happens. But also when you look at the numbers, it's a shooting slump just from three point range. He's getting good looks. They just haven't been falling. I like the fact that he's had a full week of practice. I know I don't think they're allowed to practice every single day just based on the schedule, but they've had a decent week of practice here. So he's had some time to reset the mind, get into rhythm shooting-wise a little bit more, maybe just rest up after the Virginia game, which was a quick turnaround, get his mind right, and also no Devin Daniels. I think this is all lining up for Buddy to just kind of stick it to the critics and Beheim to get on the mic after in the post game and just be like, yeah, that's why I play the guy. Because he's just due for a good game anyway. We know Buddy's a better player than this, and people are just sort of overreacting in my mind. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I kind of see him landing right on that 14. I I think this is going to be a game that lends itself more to to the Griffins of the the team, and and even a a Quincy maybe too. We could see him step back and hit some of those 
those 18, uh, 20 footers. So I, I'm, I'm going to go, listen, I think it's going to be close, but I think he could land right on that 14 mark. So for that, I'm going to take the under in this game. Uh, next up, we've got Jesse Edwards over under five minutes. And this is an interesting one this week because we have heard some optimism surrounding Barama Sidibe. And that's kind of what this might come down to here is essentially will Barama Sidibe play or not? Because if he's playing, you can kiss away any minutes for Jesse Edwards goodbye. But even if he doesn't play, we have seen it be a struggle for Jesse Edwards to to get out there and surpass the five-minute clip that we're going to set it at. So over under five minutes for Jesse Edwards. I'm torn. I think I'll take the over, although I don't feel great about it because, like you said, Barama could be the guy that's getting those five, eight minutes given what we're hearing about him in practice. I don't think it's a lock that Barama plays, and as we've said a lot, if he does play, he's going to be worked back in in a five to ten minute, or he's not going to start. I, I don't. Maybe he'll start, but he's not going to play starter like minutes. If yeah, he he's getting back. ten to fifteen at most, I would imagine. Yeah. So I'll unless still say this whole over. work back thing is for him to be able to stretch out to twenty or so minutes, but I, I just don't think that's the case. Yeah, I think this was also on Brent Axe's show where Beheim said something this week about. I'm trying to get Jesse ready. We're trying to work him in some more. So I'll just because of that comment alone, I'll say over. I'm going to go over as well here. The The bigs are going to be something. And again, this is, could be a game where Marek gets in foul trouble too. This, this is a prime spot for that. So I'm going to go with the over on that. Next up, who will lead the orange in scoring? Let me run it down for you here. Quincy plus 200, Alan Griffin plus 200, Buddy plus 275, Gerard plus 300, Marek Dolajai plus 475. Where are you putting your money? I'm going to keep my chips in the Buddy Beheim basket. <laughs> plus 275, I'm going to take him. I He's got a lot of upside. We've seen him get hot before, so I feel like that's just decent value already, but then my whole narrative of this podcast is that he's going to bounce back, so I can't shy away from that now. I'm going to I'm gonna roll with Alan Griffin. I, again, I, I kind of said earlier this has the 25-point potential for him, the way that everything sets up. I'm going to roll with Alan Griffin. I really like his prospects in a game like this one. All right, and then Ken Palm right now has this projected as a 77-72 victory. Do you think this is going to be closer than a five-point game outside that five-point range? Where, where are you leaning on that edge? Yeah, I actually think Syracuse handles them pretty easily. Probably a 10, 12-point victory for me. And it just comes down to rebounding like a lot of these games will with Cuse, but I think that NC State's not totally poised to dominate them on the boards. They definitely have the size to do it, but the way they play and the way that they try and pressure on defense and get back, I don't, they've never been an offensive rebounding team, and they actually usually lose the rebounding battle despite their size, so I don't think that changes too drastically, and Syracuse wins this one. Just because they're going to struggle against the zone, they're going to jack up a lot of threes that are contested probably, and they're going to have a tough time getting in the lane because the zone takes them out of their normal offensive flow so much. Yeah, I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. I really do. And I think Syracuse probably handles it outside that that number of five. So give me give me 83-75 as my final score here. So that, that would suggest more points than, than Ken Palm, and that would also suggest them uh, covering that five 
point spread that Ken Palm is laying out for them as well in this one. All right, so Syracuse NC State should be a good one inside the dome. Again, Devin Daniels not playing in this game, not going to play. In, and I think that's the, the other thing too. They have another game against Syracuse. And so Syracuse catching a break there yeah. two times this season against NC State. And again, the, the great X factor in this one, Tim, Jordan Cornette on the call. So oh, yeah, that's uh, just tough. Uh, just <laughs> keep that in the back of your minds when, when Syracuse goes out and loses. I changed my pet. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked on Syracuse podcast. Do enjoy Jordan Cornette on these games because he is so good. And we're not just saying that because he's been on the show. We got him on the show because we love his analysis so much. So enjoy the game that's coming up this Sunday. And we will be back to talk about it with you on Monday morning here on the Locked on Syracuse podcast. For Tim, I'm Tyler. Have a great weekend, everyone, and enjoy the game. Thank you.